You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Philippians 4 and 4. And if you can read it with me, please do. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let's read that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice rejoice. Amen. I want to preach to you if I can this morning for just a little bit. I still have joy. I still have joy. Would you lay your Bibles down and let's ask the Lord's spirit and presence to be with us today. Amen. God, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we have together together in your house, in your name. Thank you for the spirit that we feel. And I ask right now, God, that whatever our circumstances and situations, we would yield them to you. Let the Word of God have free course, free liberty, Lord, to move in our life, speak into our life today. In Jesus' name, for your glory, let your will be done. And the church said in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. We do want to make mention again of Bishop Wells' son, Jeremy, that passed away last week. And uh, the funeral is going to be this coming Saturday. And the, uh, the visitation will be on Friday night. The visitation will be at uh, Apostolic, uh, O'Fallon Apostolic Assembly right here in O'Fallon. And then the funeral, uh, I can't remember the church, uh, Greater uh, greater grace um, over in Ferguson, and so that'll be on Saturday, and so I want to remember them in prayer. Philippians is a beautiful passage of Scripture, and uh, what a wonderful letter or epistle. We're taking four weeks to go through it. I will not take the time to re-go uh, over or, or uh, restate what's already been stated or what shall be stated, but I want to take this one verse of scripture, if I can, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Paul, several times in this epistle, uses the theme or the concept of joy. It becomes the thing that he talks about. We mentioned in the very first lesson on Wednesday night how there were Three things that he spoke about. First, he names the name of Christ more than anything else. And so, of course, Jesus Christ is the center of the epistle. And then secondly, he mentions the word joy. I think it was some 17 times in this epistle. His joy, your joy, continue, let there be joy. And he alludes to joy even on these other occasions, rejoicing in the Lord. And then the third one was mind. Let this mind be in you, or the mind of Christ, the mind that you have. Be thus minded. And he's talking to us about, if we were going to just summarize it, Christ at the center. Amen. It is the joy of the Lord that is his strength. Amen. The joy. And that our mindset should be one focused on Christ and one that is postured or standing, rooted and founded in joy. Joy, the joy of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Somebody say in. Rejoice in 
the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He felt it so passionately and so strong that it was worthy of double emphasis. Now, if anyone had reason to complain, it was Paul. If anyone had reason to be upset, it was the apostle Paul. As you follow his life and you follow his ministry, there were many occasions where if we went through it, we'd say, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. I, I, I ain't going through this, Lord. I, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I, I want in my life. But Paul, at the end of his life, says, I still have joy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you that nothing, amen, in this world can rob your joy like other people. <laughs> and Paul had plenty of people that were aiming for his joy and his peace and his happiness. Even not only people, but there are realities. Your health can affect your joy. Amen. Your material status can have bearing on your joy. Amen. The, the, the predicaments of your life, your past and your outlook, your future, what lies ahead, the, uh, the uh, forecast of the days ahead can affect your joy. Let me say it this way. They can affect your joy if you allow them. But we do not have to let things affect our joy. We do not have to let things affect our hope and our peace and our love. I, I, I feel compelled to preach against the lies of the enemy that sometimes camouflage themselves as acceptable excuses. But the Bible says that Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. Hallelujah. Jesus said it this way. The thief cometh not but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. He was letting us know that the thief has no good intentions. He's not looking out for your well-being. He's looking from what, for what he can take from you. And can I tell you, the enemy of God is never after your best interest. He is never just neutral in your life, but he is always looking for a way to get at your soul. Satan wants your faith, and he'll do it if he can take your joy, and if he can take your hope and if he can take your peace. But I want to preach to somebody today that is fed up and tired with the excuses and is not going to allow the negativity, whatever the forecast is, to dictate your life. And let me stand with Paul this morning and say rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The enemy, amen, is not a man after your stuff. He's after your soul. So don't let stuff dictate the way you feel about things. Amen. Uh, we, we, we sometimes are so easily affected 
by the things in life that are so trivial. And can I just be honest this morning? Can I just be, amen, real this morning? That we can be so, amen, uh, 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 upset or disturbed, if you will, by the things that are really rather trivial in our life. But I'm here to show you today that Paul taught us. At the end of his life, he is taken captive and he goes in the Spirit. He feels bound, amen, of the, of the Holy Ghost, of the Spirit of the Lord, to go back to Jerusalem. And he tells, amen, the disciples he's with, I've got to go back to Jerusalem. I feel compelled in the Holy Ghost. And there was a man who was in the Spirit praying, amen, and he came to Paul and he said, Paul, I do not feel that this is a good thing, but if you go, there will be bad things that will happen to you. Amen. Sometimes the Spirit can teach us or show us something that's going to take place, not to change our mind, but to prepare us, amen, for God's purposes in our life. And so that's why we got to be plugged into the Holy Ghost. We got to be plugged into the Spirit. Thank you. Let me just put a little commercial plug in here. Thank you for everyone that has been praying and fasting. We feel it. It makes a difference. And Jesus said that there are things that will never be accomplished until you pray and fast. And so we want 2018 to be a year of the Lord, a year of the Spirit. And so we're starting here with just simply prayer and fasting, and it does make a difference. If you've never done it before, let me encourage you, find a way, put it on the schedule, do whatever you've got to do, amen. Some of the kids, my wife was teaching on fastings Wednesday night, and some of the kids quite humorous, amen, the things that, uh, uh, that they were going on. I think it was, was, it was Bella said she would fast soda for an entire year rather than fast electronics. There's no way she said she could do that, and uh, but start, amen. It, it, you're, you say, well, I don't like it. That's the point. <laughs> you're not supposed to like it, amen. You bring your flesh into subjection and, and you see what the Lord can do. But, but Paul has this incredible ministry, and, and you know the story, but he is seen first as a Pharisee uh, who was, uh, the Bible calls him the strictest group of the Pharisee, which means that he was obeying the letter of the law to the nth degree with passion, it was a religious, righteous zeal. He was attempting to do his best before the Lord. But in doing that, he had missed some things. And he stood by and held the coats of those that persecuted Stephen. And, and, and so he stands there as Stephen is uh, killed. And he's holding the coats, encouraging the martyring and the murdering of the children of God, the early church. And then, of course, he comes, amen, the Damascus Road experience, has this incredible conversion, and uh, sits at the feet of Galileo. And, and he is in, 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 in empowered by the Holy Ghost to go minister. And his ministry is unique because it is largely to the Gentiles. And so he's not in Jerusalem, but he's venturing out. and He's going into new places and new works. He went into one place that he walked through and said, man, this is so bad, God can't even, there's no way there could be a church in this city. And the Lord had to show up to him and not only speak to him in a vision, but come back and speak to him in a dream and say, Paul, I have a church here. You've got to stay. And so he stayed a year and a half. 
there was a great revival that took place in Corinth. And that was the story of Paul's testimony. And if you follow the missionary journeys, if you've never opened up your Bible and uh, to the back where those maps are, and you look at those maps and you see how they traveled around. Folks, this was before Amtrak and Uber and flights and all this stuff. And here's Paul traveling all of these places. And the Bible says at one place he was on the boat and they were shipwrecked and he was there and he gets out and uh, he goes to the island and the people are making fun of him and, he, and uh, he's praying to God and a viper, a snake comes out and bites him and he shakes it off in the fire and they said, oh, you must be a God. And he takes that moment to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. If anybody had a reason to complain, it was Paul. That's, that's what I'm trying to show you. Paul had a reason to complain. Why Paul had problems even in the church. Well, you say, well, well, you shouldn't have problems in the church. Paul, you, do you know that the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter got into it? Thank God there wasn't Facebook back then. Thank God they weren't just going on it. But he said, I withstood him to his face. He was biblical about it, but he said, the Apostle Pete, he said, hey, hey, you, you, you did a great thing on Pentecost. You, you opened the door to the Gentiles. I love that. He said, but you're wrong on this. And he didn't just post about it on social media. He got in his car and drove there. I don't know if he had a car or not, but you know what I'm saying. And he drove there and he saw him face to face. And he said, we got to settle some things here. I love you and you love me, but we're going to duke this out until we get it right. And, and because this is important. And, and, and if anybody had reason, amen, to complain and walk away, they had reason. But he said, no, I'm not going to let this stop me. Amen. I'm going to keep on keeping on. After all of those things, he said, I've been shipwrecked twice. I've been stoned. Folks, I, he was stoned and left for dead, and drug out in the city. And the disciples came and got him and brought him back and nursed him back to life. He could have at any point said, you know what, I've done my turn. It's time for somebody else to do it. And everybody would have understood. But no, that was not the posture that he had. And now we open up the book of Philippians. And Paul has been taken at, uh, under arrest to Rome, where he's supposed to appear before Caesar. And he was persecuted because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He could have been upset, but there he is in a house, in house arrest. He's got two Roman guards, six feet on either side, chained to him, but they allowed him to have a pen, and they allowed him to have some kind of, of, of paper or whatever, and he begins to write this epistle. And he's on his, uh, he's, he, he's on, uh, literally, he didn't know it at this time, but he's on death row because they are going to execute him and he's writing and he's saying I still have joy now folks if Paul could sit in a prison at the end of his life facing sudden death and say it's been a good life God's been good to me for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain but I'm still going to have joy then stop letting the broke down car amen the shallow paycheck the person what somebody else said rob you of your joy you don't have to let anything steal your joy you can still have joy in the Holy Ghost. You can still have hope in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. 
You got to go. Amen. We sing an old song. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Amen. Come on. Sometimes life steals your joy. Come on. Anybody, can we just be real this morning? Come on. We're, we're, we're not so sophisticated. Sometimes life happens. And you say, hey, I lost it. I lost it. That's why you got to be in church. That's why you got to get back in the presence of the Lord. That's why the prayer room's important. That's why the altar's important. Because you've got to get back to that source. Amen. Get yourself refilled with hope and with peace and with mercy and with the joy of the Lord inside of your life. And Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Was it, was it um, Vicki Winans that sang that song? I never lost my hope. Was it Tremaine? All right, I love that song. I never lost my joy. Thank you, thank you. I, I never lost my faith or hope or something. I never lost my praise or thanks, but... But most of all, I never lost my praise. Amen. She did it much better than I did it. I'll just say it that way. Amen. So you go on YouTube and you find that song and you pull that up there. That's a good song to put in the car. That's a good song to put in on a Tuesday morning after the kids are sick and everything else. And you're driving home and you say, oh, the laundry's not done and everything else is not done and all that. You put that in there. It puts it in perspective. Say, hey, I don't have to lose this if I don't want to. Amen. The devil can touch my stuff. The devil may even be able to touch my health. But the devil can't touch my praise. He can't touch my joy. He can't touch my peace. He can't touch my faith in my life. I can still, amen, overcome. And Paul was saying this, it may not be great, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord. Don't just rejoice for the Lord. Don't just rejoice about the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. How do you get in Christ? Well, can I tell you? Amen. You've got to repent of your sins. And you come to an altar and say, God, Lord, I, I, I will turn away all of the things that I desire. And I'm going to make a change in my life. That's total repentance. If you are not living a life of repentance, that may be the first clue to why you keep losing your joy. And you keep losing your peace. And you keep losing your happiness. Amen. But you've got to live a life of repentance. And then once you live a life of repentance or you repent of your sins, you come to the Lord and say, God, I I give you my life, broken, battered, bruised, whatever it is, I'm giving it to you. And you are buried with him in baptism. We are obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you are buried with him in baptism, when you are baptized in Jesus' name, Paul said we are buried with him into Amen. In baptism, we are baptized in.
into his body. Old things are passed away. We're bringing all that old carnal nature and we're laying it down and saying, God, here I am. And, and, and I'm bearing all of that away. And I'm letting the name of Jesus Christ be applied to my life. And can I tell you, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ died on the cross. And when we're baptized, we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That name has power to save. That name has power to heal. But can I tell you, it is more than just a ceremony. But when you are baptized, you are baptized into the body of Christ. And you take the name of the Lord upon yourself. You are no longer yours, but now you are His. And because we are His, we have a promise that His Spirit will come and indwell inside of our life. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. When you're born again, amen, of the water and of the Spirit, you are in Christ. We are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, all things are passed away and all things become new. You say, well, I still got old stuff coming up. Well, I'm going to tell you, you got to get in Christ, and then you got to stay in Christ. And when you stay in Christ, the old things are passed away, and all things become new. What Paul was saying was rejoice in the Lord <laughs> always. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. You set your posture towards heaven. You set your sights uh, towards eternity once you're baptized into the body. Don't don't look back. Don't be distracted. Don't look to the right and don't look to the left, but say, I'm staying with Jesus. And when you're on the right track, you get a spirit of rejoicing inside of your heart. And don't let the enemy take that from you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We, 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 we set ourselves up for failure sometimes when we allow things into our life that are going to rob us of joy. Can I tell you, this world's not going to satisfy. This world will not satisfy. I know it may sound old-fashioned. I know it may be countercultural. I know it may not be popular. But stop putting your hopes upon the things of this world and anticipating to have, amen, the fulfillment of, of God's joy and peace in your life. You've got to let go of those worldly things. Christ says, come out from among them and be ye separate. You know why he was saying that? He wasn't saying that because he wanted it, uh, uh, us to be a, a seclusion little club or us to miss out on something what he wanted to do was he wanted to protect us uh, he wanted to fulfill amen our every desire he wanted to bless us with joy and peace and the power of the Holy Ghost and so he said come out from those things that are going to rob you of your joy is that all right gets quiet on Sunday morning say hey I don't need that stuff in my life I don't need that stuff in my life Amen. I uh, I have to confess, we went up to Iowa and we we uh, I I uh, we were up there and we were there preaching. We were with family and we got to see my wife's grandparents and and uh, hang out with her her family for just a, a, a day or so. But while we were there, we went out to the uh, went to the rodeo. I don't know why I don't know why I'm talking about this. 
<clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I, I, had a, I, I was a kid, I think every kid at some point wants to ride a horse and be a cowboy at some point, but man, that just, I, I'm, I'm so far from that. I was raised, when you're raised in the inner city, that's just like as far as you could get. I mean, I was like, Dad, how can, we, how can we have a horse in our backyard, you know, in the alley? Could I walk him up and down the alleyway? You know, it doesn't really work kind of thing in the city. And, uh, and so we went there, and, and, you know, it's fun. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's great. It's a great time and all that stuff. But, but man, I have never seen, so, and, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this. I'm just, I'm just don't, don't let me offend you, but I have never been around so much beer in all of my life. And I thought, I'm going to walk out of here smelling like beer. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. We were sitting up in the rafters kind of thing, you know, kind of thing. And Luca loved the animals. At first, he was a little frightened, but he loved all the animals and all that stuff. And it was great. But, man, I want to tell you, why do you want to bring things in your life? Now, now there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Christians that are arguing why we should be okay with alcohol in the church. And my question is, why are we even talking about that conversation? You say, well, well, you can do it. God allows it. And you know, he, he turned water into wine. Yeah, he did, but he didn't turn it into Budweiser. I, I know that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure. And, and that wine hadn't been aged. So what, Isaiah talked about wine. He said, he said, don't be a part of it. He said, because it will blur your vision. It will inebriate you. You won't be able to walk upright. You won't be able to walk in a straight path. It's going to mess with everything. So why? So when you do that, you consume it. I know people sometimes socially, you know, I'm getting ready to go to Germany, and they, 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 grow, they put, I think, beer in their bottles over there kind of thing, you know. And it's, a, it's a totally different culture. People say, well, you know, I'm okay. But why would you want to bring things in? Alcoholism, can I tell you, destroys so many families and so many homes. And how many fathers, amen. I, can I tell you, that's what God saved my family from. And the track was broken marriage, broken family, broken home after broken home. It was dysfunctional family after dysfunctional family until the power of the Holy Ghost got a hold of my grandparents and things started turning around. Things started changing. Why would I want to even entertain the things of this world? Well, it's going to mess with your mind. It's going to make you feel really good. Can I tell you, it's not going to make me feel as good as I feel in the Lord, in the Holy Ghost. Ha. Come on. It's, it, you, you trying to convince me is like trying to tell me that stale little Debbies are going to be better than homemade dessert. It's, you're never going to convince me of that. God's saying, I've got more joy than you could ever have. Why settle for the stuff that the world has? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I found what I'm looking for. I found what I need in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not looking for anything else. This is it, folks. That's why when we come in here, we sing, we sing songs like, what was that last song we were singing? Lord, I praise you. Lord, I glorify your name. And then what was the bridge? And if the sun... Come on, if the sun doesn't rise, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to lose my joy. I'm not going to lose my hope. Why? Because I've got something greater in the power of the Holy Ghost inside of my life. Amen, amen, amen. Get in Christ. This is not an appointment, 
that we put on the calendar. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's, it's a way of living. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Even in the face of death, Paul was writing this. I know we're praying for needs and issues, and I'm coming to a close. We're praying for kids that have cancer and people that have cancer, and we're, we're praying for things, and we, we bring these requests to the Lord, and, and uh, God can heal. God can do great things, and I, I, I don't doubt that, but can I tell you, a mature Christian in Christ, it doesn't change the physical ways that we are at, but a mature Christian in Christ, I, you, you go through things that you cannot explain, and some of you in here, as I look around this room, you have been through, are going through, getting ready to go through things that are, are, are not comprehensible maybe to everybody else until you've been there. But can I tell you, there is a joy in the Holy Ghost that goes deeper and that goes farther and that is greater. And that's what I'm preaching about today. I still have joy. After all the things I've been through, I still have joy. Some of us, we need to stop letting the things of this world rob us of our joy. And we need to say, uh-uh, I'm not going to let that happen. I can still have joy. Amen. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter if you're the only one, amen, that's worshiping God at church. You can still have joy. Come on. We got to stop blaming other people in the church for why we're in our spiritual state. Is that all right? Say, well, well, we're not having revival because, you know, you got sister so-and-so this and brother so-and-so that. And come on, somebody, this. And, you know what? We don't worship anymore because of this. They used to, but they don't. Well, what about you? What, when are you going to say, hey, I'm going to quit letting everybody up and I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to get revival for myself. I don't care what anybody, they can go, it's all right. But I, as for me and my house, I've got to let the Spirit of God get a hold of my heart and my soul. That's what I'm talking about. Folks, if we'll do that, and I know that's your prayer, I know, I, I think, I, I would say that I think most people in here want to have good church, want to have revival, want to have great things happen. We're not all perfect, and we make mistakes along the way, but if you do your part, and I do my part, and they do their part, can I tell you, it's going to come. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's going to happen. God's going to do it. Why? Because we got more for us than we have against us. Hallelujah, stand together with me today. Hallelujah. I still have joy. I still have joy. So Paul is writing at the end of his life to the Philippians. And he's writing from Rome. From a prison in Rome, Paul is writing to the Philippian church. And his theme is, I still got joy. I've still got joy in my life. What was it about the Philippian church that seems to be Paul's favorite church? Have you ever noticed that? It's Paul's favorite church. When he writes about it, the way he talks about them, it's his favorite church. Well, can I tell you, there was something, there was a memorial that took place in Philippi. Paul was taken and they were arrested. Paul and Silas were thrown into prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something got a hold of Paul and Silas, and you know the story. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. 
Here they are locked up. But I still got joy. And they began to worship God. They refused to let anything rob them of their faith. (laughs) And when they began to sing, the Bible says the prisoners heard them. Can I tell you, don't let your song, amen, just be sung in private. You get to this place of desperation. You're not being rude. You're not being offensive. But you don't care what anybody else thinks at the same time. And you're just going to do what you know to do. I'm going to praise and magnify God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison woke out of his sleep seeing the prison doors open he drew his sword and would have killed himself supposing the prisoners had fled but Paul cried with a loud voice saying do thyself no harm for we all all here and he goes on and the Philippian jailer was converted that night at the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ what am I saying I'm saying that Paul did not allow himself to lose his song some of us we need to start singing again we need to look at our health problems and keep on singing we need to look at our family problems and keep on singing we need to look at our finances and keep on singing and say I'm not going to lose the faith that God has given in my life